course, I'm going to remind you guys to go to HankStrange.com. Very, very important thing to do. That's a great way to support the channel here. Um, you know, you can sign up for the email list here. I'll actually share it real quick this time. Hank Strange, there you go. Email list pops up. You can click on email list here if you want to. If you're looking for different ways to support us and you go on StrangerHolics, that takes you to all the different places you can go and support us. This light bulb one is mine, which is still out there operating, believe it or not. Um, and I think a very good place for people to go to uh, right now. So I know YouTube is, uh, YouTube's, uh, not YouTube, but the, uh, what is it? Uh, Apple, iPhone, all those guys, Google is threatening on coming down on them, but they can't really do that much to them. So you can find all of that on HankStrange.com as well as you will be able to find patches. We have several patches available. There we go. That's the, uh, this is the blast. This is the blaster patch. No, this is the blaster patch. And this is the broadcast patch. You can get those there. You can also get our 2020 was hell in a handbasket patch. Uh, people have been buying these up, and you get patches, you get free stickers thrown in there. You can also just buy the stickers if you want, if you don't want it, if you don't want the patches for whatever reason. Okay, HankStrange.com, that's the place to go to. I am going to load up my guests here, and then I'm going to get what happened. Okay, there we go. All right, and then we're going to open the show up. Let's do this. Welcome back. To the Hank Strange situation. All right, guys, don't forget to Life subscribe to the channel, smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we are live right now. I hope everyone has the big girl panties on out there. Uh, first thing that we do, we've got someone new in here, Matthew LaRossier. I know I'm going to mess that up. We'll figure out from him exactly how to say it. Matthew, we do jazz hands here. This is... This is how the jazz hands goes. Crump, you got to do it. Don't even try it, Crump. There you go. There you go. I don't Yay. even know if those are really Crump's hands. I'm not sure. doesn't look like his hands. We are live. This is episode 712 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. And as I said, our guests are Matthew LaRossier. Is that, am, I, am I saying it wrong? Tell me. You can tell me. No, you're doing pretty good. All right, Second, cool. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, thanks for, for coming in here, and uh, let me, I'm going to go on the big screen here for a second. Um, you know, obviously a handsome man, but the guns behind him. I mean, come on now, don't don't touch them though. Don't touch them. The YouTube right. the YouTube minders are watching us. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> but that's a that's a beautiful sight behind you. I could see if you shift your head a little bit. I could see at least two bull pups. Oh, there you go. Boom, two bull pups in the scene, and then I'm guessing some machine guns and. And all kinds of awesomeness in there. So that's that's fantastic, man. Yeah, machine guns are fun. Yes, <laughs> loving it. So we're going to get to know Matthew here. We also have John Crump coming to us from New York. Uh, this is your brony man cave you're coming to us from? It's uh, one of my uh, nieces. I'm staying over at their house. Um, and uh, I'm just crashing here for a few days. Yeah. Okay. All right. Looking good. Enjoying all the brony stuff in the background <laughs> and the pink room that goes great with your complexion. <laughs> Looking good. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And uh, last but definitely not least, my friend Roy Hill of Brownells. There he goes. Look at that right, awesome Lotlow shirt. Loving it, man. Yes. Represent, baby. Got to yes, represent. Yes, absolutely. Lotlow, which if you if folks out there don't know, that stands for Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded which happens to be the channel that you're watching right now. 
Um, and everyone should have everyone should have one of those awesome shirts. So how's every with the red Ferrari and the Hawaiian print? I I I feel a desperate need for a helicopter and <laughs> 1911. So yes. I, don't, I don't know what's going on here, but a just overwhelming urge for a helicopter and a 1911 right now. So. There is a 1911 hidden in that shirt. There definitely is. I oh, hid I one in there. Found it right there. Yes, definitely yep. hid one in there. And I see Matthew's got. I think yeah, that's right. a 1911 behind you, right? Nope. Yes. No. What is that thing behind you? Hold on. Let's There's see. There's something else hidden right uh, Well, here. it's a different yeah, 1911. Uh, you mean over my uh, over on the camera right? Yeah. Uh, that is a Steyr 1911. Oh. Okay. Wow. It takes stripper clips. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Steyr Han or? Yeah. Cool. Oh wow. Oh my is goodness. that a nine by twenty-one or nine by? Yep, nine millimeter long. Long twenty-three. <laughs> twenty-three. Yeah. Well, nine Steyr. Is that twenty-three? I have. Yeah. No, I'm I definitely. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would not have any clue. <laughs> yeah, no, I think nine Steyr is nine twenty-three because they're like comically long. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Someone is. Someone's gonna have to clue it. Well. Twenty-three. Sure. Nine by twenty-three. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Lola says, uh, oh, and I missed the twinsies down at the bottom. Hank and Roy, that's right. We're rocking the shirts here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and ask, I'm going to try to say this right. Axpa Warrior says, I don't trust anyone without their zip gun on the wall. I know, that's a zip gun for the win. <laughs> I can definitely tell we have similar taste. I don't know if mine is refined. As Matt's, but we got similar taste. So I, I, I also have a zip gun. I have the sub. I have the um, not sub two thousand. Um, FN two thousand. I have one of those, which you've got back there, and a zip gun, which every self-respecting gun guy should own a zip gun. Yeah, I mean, I just collect trash. So. Yeah, I mean, those are, <laughs> those are the most awesome things to collect. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, so let's see how how's everyone how's everyone doing out there? Cold. It's cold. I know, cold. I saw you were posting up snow pics, Roy. Okay, brief. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, and then in a few days we're going to hit that about week stretch here in Iowa where it does not get out of the single digits and we're like at negative eighteen at night. So I'm I'm really 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 looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I got hit by a blizzard up here. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, Crump. I, I know Crump doesn't look happy. It's cold up there. He's in the girls' room and everything right now. But uh, there's good. There's actually there's good reasons for that. But it's all. I don't know if you even want to talk about that stuff, Crump. Mm -hmm. We should just probably try to have fun a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For all those out there, my knees have been doing too well, so we had to yeah. come off the knee. Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah. it. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Our our um, our heart goes out to you and your family on that whole thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to like, you know, lift your spirits a little bit, um, you know, while you're out there doing that. We'll try to have some fun tonight. Uh, Control Pew is out there. He says, I will only work with lawyers who proudly display their zip guns. <laughs> <laughs> I will continue to display it with pride. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's Pew's see. the best. And, you yeah. know, it's cold here, too. I think it I think it might have gotten 60 or below. Oh my goodness! In, in, in Denver, in, the knife goes in and it twists. In, endeavor to persevere. Yeah. So I mean, I, I had to find a sweater. Oh boy. Yeah. 
So, so where are you, Matt? I'm in uh, South Florida right now. I'm in West Palm Beach. Okay. And um, this, you guys out there, I'm a 2A lawyer. I have the YouTube channel Fudbusters, and I like to bust FUDs. Okay, very cool. Um, so let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think, where should we even start here with that? There was a lot of bunch of different things. So you've been, how long have you been a lawyer? Let's start with that. So I graduate, um, I've been working in law since 17. So, I mean, not too terribly long. Uh, I mm-hmm. came out as a tax lawyer. I went into D.C. I was working at a think tank because I'd always been a 2A guy, but I was like, go oh, gun rights. That's sexy. Like, I'll never be able to do that. You know, I'm just a normal idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm working at a think tank and then they get a gun case and they come in. They're like, "Ugh, does anyone want to take we're, this We're gun all case? idiots in the gun world. I mean, no, they like they don't want nothing to do with it. And so I was in the corner. I was like, raise my hand and then like gun guy. And uh, <laughs> I got to. But it was awesome. Like I asserted myself as a the gun guy. I got to study under really incredible people over there. And then within like six months of starting there, I had already written like five Supreme Court briefs on Second Amendment cases, and it just kept going for uh, years up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So so you said so you're not saying that you started as a lawyer when you were 17. You started in 2017, right? 2017. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, can we can we ask you what law school you went to? Is that okay or is that rude? I don't know. As long as I preface by saying that lawyers always do this thing where they try to like you know they pull out the micrometers to compare each other with mm-hmm. law schools. So mm-hmm. let me just say all law schools are awful and you don't learn anything in any of them. That uh, said, I went to Alabama and mm-hmm. it was a pretty pretty good time there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Cool. And then what organizations have you worked with since, you know, since then? Or are you uh, working Kato with Institute, now? Okay. Uh, Cato Institute. And then I got picked up by Firearms Policy Coalition, where I'm still at. And I work with um, a lot of people in the 3D printing community, the homemaker community, and then, of course, for myself with Fudbusters. Okay. All right, cool. Um, this, this, before, before we get any further, anyone have any questions here? Roy, I know that you know Matt. John, I don't think you guys have met before. John's, John's with GOA. Right on. So, and yep. Ameland and a whole bunch of other things. You know? Well, um, we should have met. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you've done it now. You've done it now. Yeah. Because we've, we've put the, the meeting of the minds together. You know, what are you going to say, John? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's not Damn. going well. Does, uh, how, do, does, uh, I'm going to ask the question. Does the Firearms Policy Coalition and GOA get along? I'm going to ask it. Here we go. I think so. We but, I mean, I can only talk for myself. As, as Matt LaRosier, I really like the GOA guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we don't really have them. There's no bad blood or anything like that, if that's what you're asking. No. I'm just wondering if all the organizations get – I mean, there's a lot of different pro-Second Amendment organizations out there. Yep. I mean, you know, maybe the people – you know, the, the people would like to know whether or not there's anything. I'm going to assume you guys are all fighting for the same for the same thing, you know, so um, there's there, there shouldn't be anything. And everyone's doing it from different angles, right? Yeah. I mean, I like I have no idea what the organizational corpus is. I, I don't you know, uh, I don't know if there's anything there, but really, I I only ever think and speak for myself and mm-hmm. everyone I've met from, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time with Eric and he's always just been super cool to me. 
Um, everyone I've, I'd say like 90% of the people I've met in the 2A space have been just really cool dudes. Um, and I, and yes, I refuse to name the 10% otherwise. <laughs> Damn it. That was my next question. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple 2A activists out there that uh, a lot of people don't get along with because some people in the 2A space think that they're fake. Right. But, uh, it's better not to name those people. Yeah. yeah. No, and there, there are people that we all know mm-hmm. are fake, grifters, and haven't shot a gun. So, like, yeah, that's 100%. Oh, and there's, but like, a lot of the cool guys also have not shot a gun. And I mean, that kind of freaks me out, but, yeah, you know, it, it, that does, you know, I won't lie, that gives me some pause, right? When I meet somebody who's, you know, devoting all this time supposedly to fighting for their rights and they don't even own guns, it makes me feel weird. Uh, Well, so, yeah, I mean, personally, me personally, as Matt Rozier talking. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a good question, right, Roy? That, you know, I like to touch on things that people don't usually touch on in the in right. when they have these right. kinds of conversations. Is it is it okay for someone to like would we consider someone okay who is fighting for gun rights but not really into guns? So I'm going to start with say, Roy on this. Go ahead. I would say absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was sitting here listening to the conversation. I was thinking, you know, I, I haven't had to kick a British red coat out of my house lately, but I'm all for my Third Amendment rights, too. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think you can you can be all for, for example, your Third Amendment rights and never have to. Have, you've never actually quartered a soldier in your house against your will. But uh, yes, I, and I personally met people and, and even have some folks in my extended family who are absolutely pro-Second Amendment mm-hmm. uh, in theory and philosophy, but who don't personally own guns. And I have met some folks like that. Uh, but I would agree with Matt. It is a little bit strange. I mean, it, I'm trying to imagine someone who would be like a, a First Amendment free speech advocate who, who really doesn't want to talk about it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. or who doesn't want to assemble in public or, 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 or set, et cetera, et cetera. It says, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all for First Amendment. I just don't exercise it. Right. <laughs> named ed who is like one of the biggest second amendment guys that i know he goes to all the second amendment marches mm-hmm. like he's he goes to lobby day every year he travels to go to all the second amendment things so I was like ed why didn't you ever go shoot with me he goes like i don't want any i don't own any own any guns so i was like but you go to all these second amendment stuff he's like yeah i really don't like guns <laughs> like but you go to all these second amendment stuff and he's like, well, I don't like guns, but I like all my other rights, and right. this is the rights that come in after, yeah. after the most. So this right. is the, where I'm going to draw my line in the sand right here so they don't come after all the other rights. Well, yeah. let me tell you how I tier it. To me, it's if I meet somebody who's in the space, they seem good, right, and they don't have any guns. And again, this is just me. This is me, me and my personal brain. I'm like, oh, it's because I haven't shown them any cool guns yet. So that's the first assumption is that it's my fault because I haven't shown you the cool guns. Right. So like it actually my colleagues at Cato that were really pro 2A, there were three of them that didn't have any guns. And by the time I was gone, two of like two of them got hooked up with really strange guns that they totally fell in love with. Mm -hmm. But when I show you cool stuff that it like completely matches with your personality and everything and you still don't want it and you're pro 2A, that's when I like, you know, I don't think it's disqualifying. But I, I start to feel like weird, you know, um, yeah. like it's not disqualifying. It's just like I'm like, I want a little more information. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think to each his own. But there are some right. people I've run into people that do support 
let's say, for example, they support the Second Amendment. However, something terrible happened in mm-hmm. their history in regards to guns, and maybe that just like yeah. puts them on edge with them personally, um, you know, handling guns. Like I had a friend that she uh, was in a car with her like brothers. I think her sisters and some friends or whatever, and somehow a shotgun went off in there and someone got hurt, right. you know, and that thing just scared her. But she has no issue with um, with the Second Amendment or other people having guns. Yeah. It's just that particular thing was traumatic. There's actually a person I hugely respect that said so. I, I respect this statement about it. It was um, a girl I had been dating, and she was super about 2A. Um, her brother's a gunsmith, all this stuff. And she specifically was like, well, you know, she didn't want to have one. I was like, well, why? And she said, I know myself. If I ever need, were in that situation, I would not be able to use it. And thus, it's more likely to be used against me. And I'm like, that is rational. You know, that is, I fully support that. If that's really how you feel, then you probably shouldn't have one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Of course, I, I told her she should try to, like, get over that. But if mm-hmm. that's how you feel, that's totally super rational. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah, we can't fix any of these problems by trying to force people to get over mm-hmm. it. They might naturally get over it in time, you know, or, or something just intrigues them. It's like if your kids don't like eating a certain kind of food. I remember growing up, my older brother um, does not, he never ate chickens, mm-hmm. you know, and, my, <laughs> and he was starved, you know. And I grew up in the times when your parents would give you, you know, that's, what, that's like a cause for getting lashes, yeah, not right. eating food that goes on the table. And he would take his lashes and not eat that chicken. And then I remember um, asking him, like, well, what, what's the deal? How come you don't want to eat chickens? He said, oh, chickens look like babies. <laughs> Did your family so, do the thing where uh, you couldn't leave the table if you didn't finish it? Yes. That's what happened with me, with me too. Yeah. And it was zucchini. And to this day, right, I probably would have got over it. But to this day, when I see zucchini, I get a little upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like eggs, but sometimes I have a hard time eating eggs because every time I start eating it, I think I'm eating a fetus. <laughs> well, you are, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. He's never he's never gotten over it, never changed. And and I think part partially, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm going to say at least a little bit it has to do with, like, my mom would try to force him to do it, and he just refused. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he would just take whatever punishment came, whatever happened, she would eventually get tired and walk away from the table. <laughs> but he would not eat chicken no matter what, and he's still like that. So, well, but more for he, us. Yeah, but he is a gun guy. Yeah. You know, he's all in on the, on the gun thing, so... Um, let's see. Okay, so we ha- we do have Roy, and I have some questions here that were coming in about ammo. Sure. You know, and, and Roy's, I think Roy's going to be here for the first half. He's going to do about an hour. So um, let me, oh, by the way, Agent Entropy says not fertilized, not a fetus. So there you go. <laughs> scientific. It's a drop, potential fetus. Hey, man, I looked in the Philippines, and, and they ate fertilized. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, trust There's me. Little baby chicks in it. I've seen crazy things. I've seen crazy things. Oh, um, blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I was growing up as a kid, my mom would make us have to kill the chickens too. So. Oh yeah, I've done that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, so anyway, we've got Roy here. Ammo situation. Ammo situation seems not to be getting better. 
So let's start with Roy, and then anyone can jump in on this if you have any news or input on it. But okay. since you're here from Brownells, what is the situation de ammo? Well, I'm, I'm on my phone right now on the Brownells website. And again, anybody who goes to brownells.com can do this. We actually have currently right now 25 types of rifle ammo in stock, including some 223 and some uh, 556 looks like. Okay. So there's uh, US, there's Winchester 223. Uh, oh, wait, wait. The Winchester 556 that was in stock earlier today appears to be sold out. We do have X-Tac 556 by PMC. We have uh, uh, bronze 223. We have, of course, some Tula steel case stuff. There actually is some rifle ammo in stock. Now, again, on the ammo situation, we're getting ammo in all the time. Uh, we're beating the bushes to try to find it. Uh, there are companies that do send out, send us ammo. The, the only thing is the situation is right now, as soon as ammo hits the website, it goes away very, very quickly. Now, if, if I get in here and, and go to Brownells, you can also set notifications for yourself on the website. If I go in here and I go shop products, ammunition, handgun ammo, mm -hmm. and now I do special filters in stock, it shows one type. Oh. But it's 44 Magnum 240 grain jacketed hollow point, but uh, you see it even says currently out of stock. So earlier today it was in stock at some point but it has now since gone out of stock. So ammo situation uh, continues to not look really great. There's still insane, mm -hmm. crazy, wacko demand. Mm -hmm. But starting on Friday, we are going to offer our customers a chance to help ease their ammo pain. So Friday, about 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, if you go to brownells.com, uh, I, I can't legally say the name of the game, but there's a certain famous professional football game coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in in the spirit of that season, we're going to do the Brownells Super Barrel 3 giveaway or Super Barrel football, 3. Football game. Uh, so is there like, I didn't know, is there like a FIFA cup or something? Uh, that, that, that's footy FIFA. or soccer. It's, 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 it's American oh. football. <laughs> I'm just Norte <laughs> Americano. Football <laughs> Norte Americano. But, um, uh, it's called Super Barrel Giveaway. This is the third year we've done it, and up for grabs starting Friday at 9 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time or so. Come to Brownells. It'll be unmistakable. You won't You won't have to wonder, gee, am I on the right website? Uh, there'll be a big red barrel of Winchester XM193 equivalent, 55-grain full metal jacket, mm -hmm. and it'll be 14,000 rounds that somebody's going to win. And you can sign up for it Friday through, I believe, midnight on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Of course, Sunday's the, the, the day of that certain well-known football game. So uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can sign up for your chance to win 14,000 rounds of Winchester 556. Of Winchester 556, huh? Mm -hmm. What is that going? Who knows what that's going for in the open market? A whole bunch, <laughs> and, and we're still trying to figure out that out. But, of course, we, we got to have the terms and conditions of the giveaway, and it'll be in a press release tomorrow. I'll make sure you get a copy of it, Hank. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, check that out at brownells.com. Your chance to win 14,000 rounds. And then, of course, you know, you could be wandering around the neighborhood with little clear plastic baggies with, like, three to five rounds. It's a hey, you want to buy some ammo? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say yeah. that. Um, I probably folks out there uh, won't share it with anyone. Again, can I get a look at the source code for the contest? 
I would say no. I Roy, I would not give John Crump the source code. Source code, right? No, not for that contest. That would be bad. Yeah, Roy would like to keep his job for a while longer. Yeah, you might as well just get his address and forward the ammo over there. I'll be on a street corner doing this, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so I know Axpo Warrior says, how much does the winner have to pay to keep their name private? <laughs> uh, he also said, I've never needed to win a Super Barrel more in my life. Right. I'm thinking a lot of people are feeling that way. And again, I want to say I work for Brownells. I'm in the industry mm-hmm. and I have trouble getting ammo. So, I mean, yeah. it affects us all. Right, um, and then Razor JB has uh, a sentiment for that for the NFL that I agree with. I'll just put it up there. I'll just put his hashtag up there that everyone can see. I'm, you know what? I mean, so okay. Well, let's, I, didn't, I didn't even name the league. I just said a right, certain football right, game. Right, exactly. Um, who's into sports? I'm not into sports. Who, uh, Roy? You're into sports. I, I love college general. basketball and college oh, okay. football. I'm a junkie. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm a hockey guy. You're a what hockey, guy? But- hockey. Hockey. Oh, okay. Go Caps. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, not into sports. Not into sports at all. Um, let's see. Uh, there's some questions here. I'm trying to see uh, if there's. Oh, some people asking if there's free shipping. Gen Champ Junior wants to know if that barrel has free shipping. Better. <laughs> I'll, I'll check into that. Uh, all I know right now, so far, is when it starts and what we're giving away. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether or not you could talk about the value of that. I'm going to put that street value. I'm going to say 20 grand. It's a bunch. Yeah. I don't know if it's 20 grand or not, but it, it's, it's up there. But I mean, 14,000 rounds. I mean, if it's a buck around, it's 14, but I, I, I don't, I don't think it's going, I don't think it's going for a buck around quite yet. Not five, five, six. Oh, Okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. If it were 300 blackout, uh, it would be in. <laughs> Unimaginable amount of money. Oh my goodness! Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I had to fight, scratch, and claw, and come up with a miracle to get some three hundred blackout for the Gundy's range yeah. day. It was nuts. And then you put them in the <laughs> like two or three at a time. Right, yeah. five. It was five at a time. Yeah. Right, doling them out very slowly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. Um, all right. So a bunch of different things going in here. Let me see. Agent Entropy says, "Hank slash Roy, can you talk about the BRN one eighties? The gas setting are weird." Labeled one and two, not U or S. So that's the. Uh, what do you is know about the BRN? One or the Gen two he's talking about. Yeah, which one do you? Which one do you have? Agent Entropy, Gen one or two? I don't have. Um, I've got a Gen two, but I don't have it here to take a look at it. I'm trying to remember yeah, if that was. I've, uh, I've got a Gen one, but it's in the other room. I'd have to go run upstairs and go grab it. Yeah. I, I'd have to. I'd have to just get one in my hand and take a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shot that one you had out at the Gundy's, and man. Was that thing smooth? Yes. I've yes. got extreme lust for that. And, and you, you shot a 300 blackout, and then I have a 16-inch, a 5.5, or actually yeah. ch- technically chambered a 223 wild 16-inch uh, that I like a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that 300 blackout one, I was just, I was slapping that target at 100 meters, and it was like, it felt like cheating. That thing was oh, so yeah. smooth. Yeah, and then you had the hang time because it was subsonic. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. It was yeah. awesome. That's Absolutely. the only way to go with those, in my opinion. Um, so Agent Entropy says one seems to work for subs, regardless of suppressed or not, and two for supers. Um, this is probably one of those things we'll have to get back to you somehow. Right. On, and, and, right. Um, right. 
Yeah. I'll have to ask some of the tech guys tomorrow. I mean, if you can send me an email at, at, at roy.hill at brownells.com and ask me, I'll ask one of the tech guys and find out. Yeah, he says he has the 10-inch 300 blackout, so I'm assuming that's – isn't that Gen 2? Because in Gen 1 – Yeah, that's, have, that's Gen 2 only. That was not available in the Gen 1. That's yeah. Gen 2 only. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not – I'm trying to remember what was in my video because I think – yeah, in my video, it had one and two, if I'm... Yeah, and there's one, one setting is for uh, suppressed and one is for unsuppressed. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm just going to assume one and two is like, you know, on and, and uh, you know, or suppressed. I'm going to assume one is suppressed. What was that, Lola? I think it's suppressed, unsuppressed. Yeah, so I think one is... is uh, one would probably be unsuppressed and two would probably be suppressed, but... And I'm going to check the website and see if it says. Yeah. Yeah. I have so, a tool right here in my hand. Yeah. Uh, Brian Quick, who is going to kill us with circle back jokes, says Brownells will have to circle back about how to read the owner's manual. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, he's just, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys are aware of the circle back thing going on. Right. Now. Jen Saki, uh, or whatever her name is, the, yeah. the new press secretary at yeah. the White House. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead, oh, yeah. John. She, uh, somebody asked her about Space Force. Mm -hmm. uh, the new press secretary, somebody asked her about Space Force, and she started making jokes about it because I guess she didn't think Space Force, Force was a weird, real thing. Oh, no? And like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. Um, and Brandon George says, caps, caps, caps. There you go. So you've got a fellow Absolutely. Fan. You got a fellow Hell fan yeah. out there. Um, JF, so JF, JF Kennedy, 1961, says, I donated, to, I donated to FPC and GOA. Will that be enough to block HR 127? You guys want to jump into the HR 127 thing? Who wants to talk about this here? Um, we've mm -hmm. got what will yeah, be enough we... to block HR 127 will be um, not ending the filibuster. Uh, and we have two solid Democratic senators that have vowed not to cast that 50th vote. So that means we need two Republicans to cave on the filibuster. And I think like regardless of the uh, Democratic senator's stance on guns, a lot of them are, you know, are aware enough, right, of the, the constitutional import of that function. So um, I, so what, what you'd need so what you should be thinking about is what it would take to pass. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't know how I feel about everybody, about the amount of panic we've had. Of course, we should always be looking at these laws as they come up, but we need to be realistic and we need to really assess what's going on so we don't expend all of our energy all the time fighting in every direction. So we'd need to either A, lose the filibuster, or two, have every single, you know, senator who is allegedly pro-gun not have the you know, intestinal fortitude to stand up and do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what you'd really need to happen. Mm -hmm. To have it go yeah. through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Right now, I think the fight is with the filibuster, to save the filibuster than anything else. Because if we save the filibuster, there's no way they're going to get it through. No. So if we concentrate on the filibuster, not only do we stop this bad law, but we can stop a lot of other bad laws, and more importantly, we can stop the packing of the court. Mm -hmm. Right, and on top—I mean, on top of that, so that doesn't mean 
that stuff won't get through because a lot of, and look, let me, I, I hate to tell it to some of you guys, but your political parties don't mean a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it sounds reasonable to a uh, senator staffers or a congressman staffers or whatever, that's what's going to go through. Because I'll tell you, and I mean, John, you might you might feel the same way too uh, if you're a realist, but I spent a, a couple of years in D.C. and I know that those politicians aren't the ones calling the shot. It's a bunch of high-functioning 20-something-year-old alcoholics that are reading the bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, 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 I live in D.C., uh, yeah. right outside D.C., and I've, I've told Hank behind the politicians don't read the bills. They don't write the bills. That This all comes from someone else. A lot of times when they propose the bills and they're like a co-sponsor or a sponsor, they have no idea what right. they're sponsoring or co-sponsoring. It's, yep. it's either uh, the, their uh, aides writing it or special interest that's writing mm-hmm. it, the lobbyists. Right. Which is why all these bills look so similar mm-hmm. uh, because they just copy-paste off of each other. And that's why the real most important thing to do if you want to save gun rights in this country is move the Overton window and just talk about these things, why they're irrational, why they're immoral, out in the open. And that way when the public consciousness has these understandings, it becomes hard for those alcoholic 20-something-year-olds who are calling the shots in Washington, D.C. to stomach something and make that recommendation to their uh, the, uh, to my boss, as they always call them. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the Overton window? I'm going to have to look that up now. So that is like um, – that is the space of what is publicly acceptable and what, mm-hmm. like what is pub- – I mean that's like kind of the short version. And so like let's say – in the 1990s, the window was here and like legalizing weed was way out here, right? Okay. And so as we kept talking about it, as right as time went on, it shifted, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's right here, square in the middle. And so okay. with with gun control, the way the pro-gun messaging is, frankly, it's all over the place and the window is just shattered. Um, so we need to clean that thing up and, and establish a, you know, sound policy, public narrative so that everyone can agree. Like, I think, I think it would be totally possible within five years for us to have SBRs and SBSs and suppressors deregulated because virtually every gun owner can agree that it's irrational, but we can't agree on a way to communicate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Roy or John? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think deregulating SBRs and SBSs is very, very doable. And I think it, it can be done within the next five years, mm-hmm. just like Matt says. Uh, in a but, rational in a rational world. Yeah, in a rational world. Yeah. But you have all these different special interests and all these different people that are actually competing against each other. And mm-hmm. that's where the grifters come in, the people who try to push – you know, their own agenda for mm-hmm. their own money or their own fame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it actually takes away from a lot of the actual real work that groups like GOA and FPC are doing. Right. Um, I, I've got I've got a couple of different takes on that. Number one, we've definitely in the last 20 years seen an Overton window shift on the uh, topic of, for example, concealed carry, because I, I, I'm I'm old enough to remember the days before concealed carry, but uh, uh, even my own native state of Arkansas was Act 419. I think that was like 1994, mm-hmm. maybe 1995. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> as many states had to be dragged kicking and screaming into concealed carry world, even though you may have states with really restrictive protocols and 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 may issue instead of shall issue, now every single state has some form of concealed carry. Now, some of them may mm-hmm. be impossible to get, except for the politically well-connected, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, you're also seeing more and more states shifting over to constitutional carry, as it's called, or, or, or just uh, the Second Amendment is your carry permit. Right. Another example I can think of on the state level is uh, Iowa. I've been living in Iowa for nine years. Uh, it's, I don't remember exactly how many years ago it was, but it's pretty recently, like within the last four or five for sure, that uh, SBR, short-barreled rifles, short-barreled shotguns, and suppressors were against Iowa state law, yep. federal law notwithstanding. We were not allowed to own them under Iowa state law. And then, of course, that shifted more and more states and more and more suppressors. And in fact, uh, his name was Governor Branstad at the time. Governor Branstad came to the Brownells retail store and signed the bill into law, allowing Iowa citizens to comply with federal law and, and get their uh, – their paperwork to do a, a, a short-barreled rifle or a short-barreled shotgun or get a suppressor. He signed that law inside the Brownells retail store. And then within like 30 minutes, I had uh, two suppressors on, <laughs> on port. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've, I've seen that shift. The only other thing, the only other thing that I want to say on the opposite side is as the polarization gets worse, as the two political tribes get further and further apart, a lot of times I think people dig in and they don't care what's logical or rational. They only see, oh, those guys want it? Well, screw them. We're not going to let them have it because they want it and they're the enemy. And it goes both ways back and forth. So uh, I have seen progress and shifting of gun rights over to window in my own lifetime. I mean, heck, since I moved to Iowa even. Um but I'm, I'm kind of dismayed by the the, the, the uh, deepening gulf, widening gulf between the two political sides, as it were. Yeah. Um, for anyone joining us just now, we're talking about uh, H.R. 127. Um, and I would encourage everyone who's hanging out with us right now to smash the thumbs ups. Uh, you know, if you disagree with us, if you hate us, smash the thumbs down. It's all good. Um, I'm sure there's some uh, trolls and haters out there. <laughs> In, in the chat right now. So H HR one twenty seven on this. Yesterday we uh, spent a lot of time reading through it, which drove some people around here crazy, right? To read through the minutia of what's in there. But that whole entire thing is batshit crazy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and no, it's uh, manic. Yeah. So now, I mean, it's a complete. It's a complete uh, registration. Mm -hmm. Of everything, that's what they're talking about. Every gun in America will have doxing. to be registered. Yeah, yeah, doxing people. Um, I mean, basically, you have to be licensed to uh, to have a firearms, and then you have to renew this license, and all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Um, you have to go through psychological tests, uh, and if you have an ex spouse or something like that, you know, they can they can be visited and uh, contribute to your psychological examination. All all kinds of craziness in there. Here's my thing. As crazy as that seems, are we, as as Roy is saying, so polarized and so you know everything is shifted one way or the other? I think for for the, for the folks on our side, I'm not. I I've got no plans of negotiating with anyone when it comes to the Second Amendment, right? And then those guys are over there, like, yeah, we're gonna take this. We're gonna take this Second Amendment thing down. Are we, are we really standing uh, a good chance of something like this being pushed through? Maybe as people saying, you know, all it takes is someone like Romney or whoever else out there in the Republican Party that's really doesn't support the Second Amendment to get on those guys' side and kill uh, the filibuster. You know, what's, what's the chances? What's the odds of that, right? Crazier things have happened. Well, I mean, by my current count, there would have to be 12. 
okay. votes to kill the like twelve flips. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so here's let me just pose something for you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys spend any time in gun stores in the past year since the current global events have occurred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who have you seen buying blasters? Uh, Everybody. Yeah, everyone's right? buying it, but lots of people yeah. who were not doing it before. That's eight, the main thing. Yeah. Eight Most, million first-time gun owners, according yeah. to the SSF. And million. look, yeah, my I've got a, a buddy. I, I, he's a gun store. I'm a partner with him there, and I go there, mm-hmm. and I see some of the people I've seen from my neighborhood. I'm like, hey, I know you. <laughs> you hate these, mm-hmm. and suddenly. So look, what, basically what I'm saying is, is these, this pandemic has changed people. Mm-hmm. For a whole generation now, there's, there will be a whole generation of people who can no longer have the luxury of saying, I don't understand why you would ever want to buy a gun. Right. On top of that, those people are going to sit there and look at this and go, wait a minute, that's my address I got to put on there. Right. And if you think a lot of them... Democratic senators and Congress people, or whatever, anti-gun. I don't even like to use the political party because it's totally, you know, not mm-hmm. um, relevant. I'm. We're in Florida. Who took our gun rights away most recently? The Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, they're. It's personal to them now. I think this might be one thing where the chaos and the tragedy has drawn us together, and it can if we can message right. I just don't think that we, we're going to get something this extreme with how many people are now like. Uh, I kind of get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, what What do you guys think about that? Uh, anyone agree with that? Disagree with that, Roy? If If those people and and all 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 the demographic information from the NSSF about gun buyers, et cetera, yes, more and more folks who are urban, more and more folks who belong to certain minority groups, more women are buying guns now than ever before. Um, if say, and again, a certain party known for its gun control stance, who tries to push through. If people who vote for that party call their own senators and congressmen and say, hey, I vote for you, don't do this, that would be a huge thing. I, I just, I'm not going to pretend to to have enough information to prognosticate and figure out would they actually do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I could, you know, the sheer numbers alone could cause uh, uh, some folks to rethink votes in Congress. Yeah. How many, so how many people, even gun guys, are actually paying attention to laws that are going up there. Obviously, we're doing it, right? Obviously, those of us who pay attention to this all day, every day are doing it. How many How many casual folks out there that buy guns even? Forget about Not the a, new gun people. Yeah, how many a, of those people are paying attention? Not a lot of them, right? John, what do you think about this? Uh, that That's the thing. I... Uh, in the, in the gun world, we have a lot of people who think that all they need to do is pay the dues to GOA, FPC, NRA, or one of these groups, and they're done. And what we need to get through to them is, no, that's great. We need to do that. But you also need to take the next step and get off the bench and start making calls and, making, and sending emails to your reps. Mm-hmm. Because even with all the money in the world, all these gun pro-gun group can lobby on your behalf, but what's going to make a big difference is if they get 5,000 calls one day instead of a couple lobbyists calling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says, I pay attention uh, and constantly email uh, my, my you know local politicians, I'm assuming is what she's saying there. Um, 
Yeah. Do you think we'll really get that kind of um, outcry from it? I mean, so, we're getting more than we did before, mm-hmm. right? Okay. You think so? Uh, oh, absolutely. And it's because of the uh, – so the cost of transmitting information has gone down a lot, mm-hmm. although the cost of attention has gone up, right? So it's, it's counterbalancing things. But mm-hmm. the fact is, I mean, I've had people come up – like – just come up to me on the street talking about HR 127. Mm-hmm. So something's going on where the information is more out there than it was before. Mm-hmm. Whether that is counterbalanced by the amount of people on the other side, right? You know, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, I don't know that many aggressive anti-gun grassroots people. Like mm-hmm. I'd say, I know probably about, and and I like I keep a broad book of context, right? I like to keep open to all the different views, but. I figure, I mean, how many people do you know that are anti-gun, like that have like anti-gun instincts that would write their congresspeople versus how many people who are pro-gun that would do it? I, I think there's a lot more people on the pro-gun side. So if that makes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when I look at it, it's, it's mostly uh, politicians and uh, celebrities. They're the most mm-hmm. vocal about mm-hmm. being um, anti-gun. Mm-hmm. lizards yeah you know but we're we're still <laughs> yeah, getting this <laughs> they have a lot of money on that side yeah a right, lot yeah. of money and you've got some big billionaires out there that um that seem to have the money in it and are getting into you know getting into these things more and more and more um it, yeah. it looks to me like the state are the best opportunity to do things uh, about this i'm not saying don't get right. in touch with the national politicians, but it looks to me like the states. And even uh, one of the news things that I had uh, prepared to talk to you guys about. Let me see if I could pull this up. Actually, yeah, I'll the sh- states. Mm-hmm. Go the ahead. states are definitely for both sides uh, where the battle is really taking place. Uh, and I love our national group. I love GOA. I love FPC. But uh, when you're giving some of that monetary love. Make sure you get some of that monetary love to uh, like groups like in Virginia, for example. We have yeah. BCDL, your state groups, because they're going to make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. We got to remember, right? And you know, a lot of times the national orgs kind of gloss this over, but the Constitution was not designed to have the federal government doing this type of law, and they experience hurdles, right? Even still to this day, well, whereas the Supreme Court has thrown away virtually all of the encumbrances to the Constitution, right? Um, they still have trouble. So it is the design of our system that these battles be fought, won, and lost on the state level, on you know a much closer level. And so uh, we shouldn't pretend that that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, here, let me throw up this article. Uh, Lola actually found this and uh, sent it to me. Um, what, what did I just do? <laughs> okay, here we go. Boom. Let's throw this up here. All right, so uh, this is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sheriff declares Cherokee County Second Amendment Sanctuary. Um, Cherokee County Sheriff Jason Chanel issued a declaration on January 25th, making the county a Second Amendment Sanctuary. 
Um, I, Cherokee County Sheriff Jason Chanel, am joining other sheriffs across the state of Oklahoma who have declared their counties to be a Second Amendment sanctuary. It's my intention by making this declaration to enforce our citizens' rights to bear arms as guaranteed by the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. As uh, Sheriff and Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Cherokee County, Oklahoma, it will always be the goal of the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office to provide service and protection to the people of Cherokee County without infringing on the rights of Cherokee County citizens who choose to possess firearms to protect themselves and their property. I'm also announcing my support and asking you to do the same of Senator Warren Hamilton's Senate Bill 631 of the first session of the 58th Oklahoma State Legislature 2021. If Senator Hamilton's, Hamilton's bill is passed, it will make the entire state of Oklahoma a Second Amendment sanctuary. Um, and then the Sequoia County Sheriff followed suit and declared his county a Second mm -hmm. Amendment sanctuary as well on January 26th. Um, right. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I just want to say that I actually, for a year, lived in Sequoia County, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, Cherokee County, Oklahoma is where Tahlequah is. Heck, dude, I've covered high school football in mm -hmm. Tahlequah, Oklahoma, <laughs> so I know exactly what those that, that part of the country is all about. I mm -hmm. even lived in, in one of those counties for mm -hmm. a year when I moved back from Wyoming. So uh, Second Amendment is very much part of the culture there. Uh, I mean, the joke would be, if you don't have a 22 rifle when you're born, they issue you one, you know. <laughs> when you're mm -hmm. So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Not surprised about that at all. Uh, and having grown up in that part of the world, I grew up in Arkansas, but but very, very close to that part of the world. Uh, that dude, that's ingrained in the culture down there. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, I think the old saying is politics is downstream of culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's bedrock culture down there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hopefully we see more of this and we see uh, some of these states competing to be the first, second, third states to get up on um, declaring their entire states a Second Amendment uh, mm -hmm. sanctuaries, including Florida. I would like to see. I haven't heard any buzz of Florida. I think I've heard some of Texas. I don't know if, uh, you know, either Matt or John have heard anything about that or what you guys think about the whole idea of Second Amendment sanctuaries. The idea is wonderful. This is crap. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. This is garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, I see so many. It's a wonderful idea. And then when they have this opportunity to come up and do it, I'm reading the, this bill that the, the sheriff is supporting. It doesn't do anything. Okay. It's just a it's just a promise. It's an empty government promise. They have they can bind themselves to these promises. You know, it says no funding, blah, blah, blah. That's all cool. Mm -hmm. What about when you do it? There's mm -hmm. no enforcement provision. There's a right way to do these, and that is by triggering a civil remedy where anyone who does anything that's listed, you automatically get $25,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. That's how to do this, but they won't do it. They won't tie their own hands. And look right here. Look at this. Um, exemptions. Nothing in this law shall be interpreted to overturn any part of the National Firearms Act. So then what's the point? Thanks for this? nothing, loser. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it. Oh. I hate it. it oh, okay, yeah. Because they get to... They get all these points. They get all these pro-gun points. And they didn't. They didn't do anything. Yeah, you're making right. a good point there. There's no teeth. There's no claws. It's, it's behind. sound bite to rally to rally yeah. votes. Is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, that uh, that does suck. There should be penalties and all that. 
it's worked here in Florida, for example, um, separate counties, cities, etc., can't make their own laws in Florida. And one of the ways that we that we stop that here is by going after them civilly. Although I yeah. think did they overturn that last year? I think they they got at least a judgment in their favor. But that's that kind of thing has kept them at bay for some time. Let me right. um, let me get this chat in super chat in from Kermit loves bacon. Um, says uh, Connecticut had some bad bills put in one gun a month, ammo tax, and micro stamping uh, with more to come. Um, John, did you want to say something here? You're muted. You're muted. Yeah. Of course I would be muted. I think Hank did it on purpose. <laughs> no, but yeah, there 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 is definitely a dif- uh, difference between like uh, for example, when we're seeing a bunch of counties do it, where there were Second Amendment sanctuary revolutions and and actual ordinances. Um, one has like the like the force of law, like you said, like civil penalty. Like if this happens, the state owes such and such money. It opens up the liability. So they're more inclined to actually defend the rights of their citizenship, whereas like a revolution where there's basically it's, it's a symbolic gesture mm-hmm. with uh, actually has no teeth. So we actually have to read into these bills a lot and find out which ones have teeth and which ones don't. And if you do find one that doesn't have any teeth, you have to insist that they put something in there to give it actual force of law, actual teeth. Okay. So what you're saying is we can we can have language inserted in there to to give it to make it uh, more productive. No, if they, if they introduced it like uh, like Matt was saying, if they introduced it with uh, like a civil fine or you know the locality has mm-hmm. to pay out a certain amount of money if they if they mm-hmm. violate someone's Second Amendment rights and stuff like that, right. they're a, they're a lot less likely to. To let the federal government or someone else violate uh, their citizens' uh, Second Amendment rights, if they know they're going to have to pay out because of that. Well, they can't prevent the feds from doing anything. Um, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's another funny um, twig in this. So, like, yeah, obviously the the states can't repeal federal law. All they can do is prevent their own agents from enforcing it. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. Well, Obviously, it's not repealing. No, yeah, I, I just sorry, I get obsessive because people like to call us out in the comments. You know. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> yeah. you're a lawyer. You're doing everything I expect a lawyer. You know, you should be doing. <laughs> so, which is which is a good thing. Um, Roy. But yeah, you you're some, right. Completely. Yeah, Roy. Did you no, want to chime in on this? I, I was just looking up. I mean, for example, I mean, some things that happened in the fairly recent past. Uh, the uh, Supreme Court case Gonzalez versus Rach, or however mm-hmm. you say that. From Kansas, because Kansas passed a law, a state law, saying uh, essentially that if firearms made inside Kansas weren't subject yeah. to federal law, and these guys, I think, I, was it suppressors or machine guns? I think so, it was suppressors. It was a suppressor case. Mm-hmm. Suppressors. Yeah. And I think, are those guys still in federal prison? Well, that was a bad case. That was a bad case. Okay. Yeah. That, um, and, and you know, Gonzalez was before the, the Commerce Clause thing. Um, but yeah, no, the Kansas case. The person had admitted to using surplus suppressor parts, which then kind of throws out the whole Commerce Clause defense that he would have had. Um, yeah, and I think I think the last time you and I were talking about Gonzalez, we had about like eight more drinks in us. <laughs> right, right. That, that, that may have happened. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> it was fun though. 
That was a bad case, right? It's like the old uh, Miller case with the sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, that case was a mess. Thirties or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the guy was dead before they even decided it, which is weird. Like, it was right. such a. You guys should read about the, read about Miller. It's a really fascinating, um, you know, first big Second Amendment case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that is isn't that the one where they said since it was so short that it could be used as a weapon of war or something like that. Yeah, they incorrectly stated that because the military didn't use shotguns, that it yeah. wasn't presumably protected under the Second Amendment. But so I think, like, going to Miller logic would actually be pretty good, right? And I think it makes sense that the Second Amendment protects anything that would be useful in overturning the most powerful government in the world, which is, you know, kind of a thing that happened right before the uh, document was written, right? I mean, you guys remember that part? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just always laugh because when they're like, oh, we had to ban weapons of war. It's like, mm -hmm. well, the court actually ruled that yeah. if it's a weapon of war, then it's legal. Yeah, it, it's pretty, yeah, only weapons of war. Right, because a sawed-off shotgun was not uh, a useful for militia service, I think, yeah. is the so word again. Yeah. Something like that, right? um, let, me get, yeah. let me get this in. Uh, DCG44s, I'm trying to look for people that have use, useful comments or questions. Here we've got some trolls. Whatever, that's all good. Uh, DCG forty-four. Yeah, DCG forty-four says, "I hear you guys, but even symbolic gestures can help change the culture, leading to eventual legal change." What do you guys think about that? I mean, yes and no, right? Oh, sorry, John, you want to go ahead? No, I was just about to. I was just going to say, yeah, symbolic gestures are are nice. But if we can push them to actually put something on the books with actual teeth, then it, I, I think it would do us a little bit better than mm -hmm. a symbolic gesture. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, symbol, the symbolic gesture is awesome until they go, no, look, we did it, see? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. Would, would it I would help just enough to have municipalities or states making symbolic gestures would that help shift the Overton window a little bit perhaps in people's minds probably yeah but we, we're gonna probably need some backbone to it look it's a it's a it's a funny thing yeah you know um are they going in the right direction yes are they going far enough in the right direction not if you're the guy who gets arrested who gets raided by the ATF <laughs> <laughs> you know then no that would be the answer to that um, James Miller gave us a super chat. Uh, he says, I hope Matthew is right, but unfortunately, I don't think new gun buyers necessarily understand the need for holding politicians' feet to the fire. I think I missed that one. Um, so get, I'll get that in there. And then also, we got another one here from CNN, CN Arsenal. Um, do you, you know who that is, right? Yeah, that's our yeah. friend. We hung out with him. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I want to hear... The guy that looked hom homeless? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the very handsome uh, gentleman that you were... No. <laughs> I know you guys... Weren't you guys doing a podcast or something when we were out at the Gundy's? Yeah. All right. So he says, I want to hear Matt's thoughts... This is a planting question. I want to hear Matt's thoughts on developing a universal 2A community shanty. We need cooler things to do at rallies. Okay, yes. This was the homeless dude. Yes. I mean, yeah. I know why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, we do have a problem with community in the two-way space. Like, we do mm -hmm. fight with each other a lot. You know, like, mm -hmm. I have a hard time not bullying 1911 owners. Um, so we need to have some way of joining <laughs> of joining together. 
Mm-hmm. And I think sea shanties are a, a very great way to do that. And okay. so we're going to be working on a Second Amendment sea shanty. And um, Okay, very- explain this concept of sea shanties, please. You're a Floridian. You know what a sea shanty is. <laughs> I, know, I know what it is. I mean, okay. but uh, I'm going to pull up Look, some a things. Bunch of, so when a bunch of guys are working mm-hmm. and to lift their spirits, they sing simple songs about mm-hmm. whatever. And so, like, for rallies and stuff, it would be awesome if we had a really catchy gun yeah. rights sea shanty. Um, right. It would also probably be terrifying <laughs> to people who didn't agree. So... Yeah, a type of traditional uh, folk song. If you want to know like what a, a sea shanty is, uh, was it the last or maybe the, the the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie opened up with a shanty, right? That's basically uh, what it is there, you know. Well, Yo, the ho, ho, and a bottle of rum probably is a sea shanty, isn't it? Right. The Wellerman right. went wild on TikTok, so a lot of yeah, the Wellerman yeah. went wild on TikTok. I saw somebody did a, a domesticated house cat version of the <laughs> Wellerman, and it was... It was nightmarish. It just, mm-hmm. I just, I, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. Crazy, crazy about well, cats. So I mean, Roy, are you with me? a rapper. <laughs> Who used to be a rapper? Hank used, Hank used to be a rapper, so he can uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> make up a rap. <laughs> no, I think I used to produce the stuff. <laughs> you know, rapper, it's rapping is thing. what I might have done in the shower, but yeah. <laughs> not, uh, not commercially. Um, yeah, so a shanty for the gun rights thing. Hmm. I mean, Roy, back me up here. It's a good idea, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of historical examples of propaganda songs that people sing to, to buoy their spirits and go, yay, our team. So, yeah, heck yeah. 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 I mean, every, I know you guys aren't into sports, but every college team has its, its own fight song. Some of them are world famous. There we go. So That's we true. need one. This is true. Yeah, Roy would be the expert of shanties. Uh, shanties usually go along with people being very drunk, right? Or somehow intoxicated. Problem? <laughs> okay. If everyone had loaded guns. <laughs> um, hey, listen. If if you got to get people focused, I like the uh, what is the there's like what's the Viking call thing? You know what are, what are those called? Like the you know they had those Viking chants or whatever that yeah. would just scare the enemy. You know, you probably need to figure out one of those. I, I, I don't know the term, but I, I, a buddy of mine can read Old Norse, so he can probably tell me what it is in Old Norse. So I'll, I'll try <laughs> to find out for next time. Yeah. Um, Dan Hates You says, I, I can't. Or something, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Hates You says, I can't talk about Guyana if I can't sing a shanty. Uh, technically, I have pirate blood, but uh, I'm not actually known to sing shanties, no. I'll uh, fix it. Yeah. Yes. Sing one now. Uh, no. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Um, all right, so there we go. So that was the uh, that that those are the uh, the the comments there. We'll let someone will have uh, to come up with about, that. Mm-hmm. Talking about old Norse stuff, uh, the SPLC released something today saying that if you study old Norse mm-hmm. or any type of like backing mythology, then mm-hmm. uh, that you are automatically propagating hate. Really? Right. So everybody with a medieval studies PhD is just SOL now, right? Yep. I mean, I don't okay. want to hear what a terrorist organization has to say about Old Norse. Yeah. Um, Len Holt says, a Manu Siva Tau. So I could see Roy doing that. So there you go. Is <laughs> or that... we could have, a, what's the uh, what's the Maori? A Hakka. We need, we need a pro-gun Hakka is what we need. <laughs> yeah, it might work. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. That'll be awesome. 
Uh, 42 Chilled says, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition song is relevant now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. Okay. Um, and then someone's asking about like alcohol or whatever. I mean, first of all, none of us are drinking right now that I know of. Yeah. Uh, but this, I don't know what the problem is if you if you partake of uh, alcohol or whatever. As long as you're not doing it when you're handling guns, who cares? I don't care. I actually don't care what you do. Uh, you know what you put into your system. It's all up to you. As long as you don't handle, you know, you don't drive, handle heavy machinery, or do anything that could put other people's lives unnecessarily at risk. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're all... Just generally be reasonable, and you should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and let's see, I, I was, I was trying to go here. I, actually, Roy, I know we hit the eight o'clock hour. Right. Do you, uh, can, can I do my Vanna thing real quick? Yes. Let's do that before you get out of here. Right, let's okay. see. So you've Shameless got something, plug. something cool from, uh, something cool from Brownells this way yeah. comes. Okay. And, and, and YouTube sensors, this is not a gun, not a gun. Mm -hmm. I can handle this. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, Brownells MPO scope, the latest version of our mass precision optic. This is the one to eight. Uh, it's 30 millimeter tube, goes one to eight. It's got a red dot in the inside. It's got the throw lever. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And the reticle is, of course, um, illuminated. So you can run it at one power like a red dot. Yeah, I like the resistance on that that you're getting from yeah, that. That looks it's, good. It's, it's, it's you, you got to consciously make an effort to crank okay. that thing. Okay. So uh, windage and, and, and elevation adjustable. These are going to be in soon. We announced these uh, back in the third week in January when we were doing our electronic not show. Mm -hmm. Certain trade shows were canceled. So it's using um, a CR one two three or is it using yeah. a battery at all? Yeah. Yeah, battery on this side, mm -hmm. but uh, right there on this side, right there. Mm -hmm. And um, let's see, it's got uh, one tenth millirad. Or a one tenth mil click adjustment. So you know, if you're running a flat top AR-15, you want something cool to put on top of it. These will be on the website soon. But this is the latest addition to the Brownells MPO line. Just want to give that a shout out. So how's the one X on it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there the one X looks like to be. I mean, I've not mounted this on a gun, but I'm looking around my room here, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of change. There's a little, a little bit. Of course, when the glass hits, it's a. It, it, I can tell a difference, but it doesn't seem to be that much of a change especially things on the other opposite wall. But again, to be fair, I don't have it mounted on a rifle, so I'm not sure yet. Yeah, Bricks is asking yeah, if it's etched. Can, I'm guessing it, it, it looks like it's etched. You can pre-order it. Again? You can pre-order that right now, right? Yeah, it's available for pre-order. We just don't have them in yet, but you can actually pre-order it, yes. Yeah, put the link in the chat. I know Hank would get in trouble if you put the link to a gun company right. in the chat. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, my counsel is here, so I'll let my counsel answer that. Oh, do actually, why do, why, do I have, why do I have uh, Crump up here twice? Okay, so um, so where's the glass made? That that would be Japan. my question. It, okay, the, Japanese glass. Japanese glass. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah, very nice, very nice Japanese glass there. Um, and like what's the, all the MPO scopes, right? Okay, and do you know what the price of it is going to be? I don't have it pulled up. Maybe I Lola will go look for it. Retail is seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Okay, what's mm -hmm. Lola said? What is it called again? 
The MPO, the next, uh, we, have, we have a line of scopes we introduced, I think, a couple years ago, shot show called the Match Precision Optics. Mm-hmm. We've got a 3 to 18, a 5 to 25, and brand new this year, the 1 to 8, the 1 to 8 power yeah. MPO. MPO 1 to 8, Lola. So we'll see if Lola can uh, figure that. And it's not, it's, not, it's not a gun, it's just optics. It's it's, yeah. it's an optical device, right? Yeah, absolutely. With Brownells, uh, with the Brownells logo on it. Okay, it's same it's same guaranteed forever. Huh? It's guaranteed forever. Yes. Yes. The Jew says Night Force uses Japan glass. I guess you right. can't. I guess you cannot tell us. Uh, I guess I think Night what, Force. I'm just agreeing with what he said. I don't know that for a fact. Right. <laughs> a lot of companies use Japanese glass, a ton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's good glass. So, um, all right, awesome, Roy. I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, thanks for coming on. We need to get you back yeah. on here. Thanks for having me. I almost don't want to go, but I've got other things i got to go take care of. Matt, great to see you again. I'll miss you, buddy. I'll talk to yeah, you soon. I hope one of these days i got to make you one of my margaritas, man. i got to make oh. you one of my margaritas. Mine are good. Yeah. Hank's had my margaritas. Yes. Yes, it'll happen. Roy always tries to get me drunk whenever he sees me. I don't know some kind of <laughs> some kind of motivation behind that. <laughs> and, and John, I hope to meet you in person, Tom, sometime soon, sir. Yeah, yeah, I was supposed to be at the Gundy's, but uh, stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, you guys have a Thanks, great Roy. podcast. Thanks for having me on, and I'll see y'all later. Yeah, we appreciate you, brother. All right, All so. Right. Thank you. Yeah, let's see here. We've got Kermit Loves Bacon also gave us a super chat here. He says, uh, uh, what does FPC think about cops, prison guards, military, and even the mall cops, um, et cetera, always being exempt from gun control? Sound like uh, discrimination. So are those guys exempt from gun control? I don't yeah. Well, uh, I'm just I'm just here for myself. But the, the rational um, thing is that discrimination is discrimination. Um, and the best way to stop discriminating is to stop discriminating. I mean, there's that is absolutely, in my opinion, it's absolutely discrimination. It's absolutely a violation um, of <clears throat> the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment, right? Because these are absolutely privileges and immunities of, you know, of the people of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why should two? Uh, I mean, and people like you know, some law enforcement like to refer to other people as civilians. Law enforcement mm-hmm. are civilians. Mm-hmm. So there is no legally cognizable difference between that has been recognized aside from in one area that's not relevant to this, though, between officers, you know, prison guards, whatever, and everyone else. So if you can treat if one has rights and the other don't, I think that's absolutely discrimination. I think that's completely immoral and um, and unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, you want to chime in on this? Yeah, I 100 percent. Agree. I think everyone needs to be exempt from gun laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what the Second Amendment was, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they kind of said it. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I didn't realize but, that uh, mall guards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, also, well, that's usually not the case. I think that I think yeah. he was being, you know, yeah. <laughs> facetious. Hyperbolic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dan hates you. Says only the government is exempt from government. Usually, <laughs> yeah. That's, Unless the government is mad at the government. Yeah, um, that that's really a terrible problem. Um, and I and I wonder even like just to get back to HR one twenty seven for a second. I mean, I don't want to burn a tremendous amount of time on that because we did it yesterday, and I know that there's still people finding out about it. Um, 
you know, on the subject of exemptions, you know, I didn't see, I, I was wondering, in there, are they going to register all those guns the government has? Are we going to know about all those guns? It seems you know? to require it. Yeah, does it? You um, think legally it's it requiring to, even um, there? like like what? Remember when New York did stuff, and then the cops also were subject to that, so the cops couldn't mm -hmm. were in violation of New York's laws because they had too many right. rounds in their guns. Remember that? I don't remember if it just exempts them from like the ban mm -hmm. with still the re the registration, but I know that there's a law enforcement exemption in there. Oh, there is a law enforcement. Okay, but I don't know. I don't think it exempts them from everything. I still think they have to have a record of um. You know, I don't remember. Mm. Uh, the The only version of the bill that I've read was the one she did last time because she does this every session. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she only recently released the um, the new text, so I'll have mm -hmm. to take a closer look. But yeah, I'm not sure. I know last night we were looking at it, so I'm not sure if that's the latest text or not. If you get a chance, you could take a look uh, while we're going through this. Okay, let's see. So, what else do you guys want to get into? We've got we've got a lawyer here, uh, John. If you've got some legal questions, let's try to get some. Free consultation out of Matt. Let's Stop see it. That You're going to make the Florida bar mad at me. We can yeah. only have casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, so this goes back, since you're a lawyer, you might, you might appreciate this story. This goes back to when I was, I don't know, maybe 18 or 19 years old. And I went into this diner and there were two guys talking. One of them was a lawyer. And the other guy was just kept asking him questions about stuff. And he explained something to him. And then the guy just kept asking. And then he just blew up on him and started cursing him. He's like, I'm a lawyer. I get paid for this. You're trying to, you know. And he just really went off on him. And I was like, oh, man. This... I didn't know it was like really, you know, he was trying to get like free advice from him. So is that a big, massive faux pas amongst the uh, the lawyer folk? Um, for most of them. But, I mean, I'm actually like a good person. So I would love to give free legal advice because the fact is – the only difference between me and anyone else is that I've been trained to read Martian and I can translate it to English, right? Mm -hmm. I know what it says in the law. But the issue is that they terrify us, mm -hmm. right, with um, the rules of, like, the rules that we have to follow. They terrify us into saying, lock that person into a, you know, lawyer-client agreement, do a conflict check, do all this stuff before you start giving them actionable legal advice. I wish I could just walk around giving legal advice all day. Mm -hmm. um, because, frankly, I think it's immoral that um, – people need to get legal advice. That means that the uh, law is far too complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but I think with, you know, most lawyers that are, you know, bad people, they probably do get upset at the fact that they're not being paid for their mm -hmm. uh, non-cum laude $250,000 education. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's see. I got a question. Go ahead. What type of car mechanic are you? Uh, so before I went to law school, I worked, uh, I had a little shop in Orlando and I would mostly do – well, I started off on Honda motorcycles, mm. and then I realized that um, cars were just big Honda motorcycles most of the time. Like I was like, everything's twin cam. This all makes perfect sense. And then I found the joys of Chevys. So I, I want to say I was a Chevy mechanic, but in reality, um, most of the vehicles I would fix would, uh, would be just you know your typical import – um, you know, 10, 15 year old stuff. And whenever it was a GM vehicle, I'd get all excited because I'd be like, I only have to turn two bolts on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's, is that really true? <laughs> oh my God. Like dude, a water pump on a, on a GM LS V8 is literally hanging off the front. Hmm. Whereas is like on a, like Camry, I have to pull the timing cover and get in there and like die. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got big hooks, right? Mm-hmm. So they get all they get all bloody and awful when I have to work on those, you know, little mm-hmm. import cars. I would get really frustrated. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, of, I'm uh, trying to talk paint. Go ahead. And doing the LS swap on his Tesla. Uh, yeah, do it. It would be funny. Uh, Rich rebuilds is already doing it, so you know. <laughs> Again, I don't do have to do the it. My, bigger one. Mine is under warranty, <laughs> so it's all good. We it's can all do good. a warranty that, crate motor. Yeah. You you go you bring it in for warranty work and you leave the LS in there. No, <laughs> no. I might go the other direction. I was telling Lola, I was like, you know what? If my uh, R8 engine blows up, I'll just get uh, I'll just get some Tesla motors and slap them in that bad boy. Yeah. Then I don't have to get I don't have to get gas anymore. Yeah. And then uh, you only have to find a whole subframe worth of batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually some kits that are coming out now that you can convert, like coming out with batteries and all that kind of stuff, uh, to to convert things. So. Yeah. And you go I've to like a... electrify garage and let him do it. <laughs> uh, I would, but I doubt that's going to happen. And and you know I think the R8 uh, frame, like the body frames. Uh, the frame of that thing is probably still worth a lot of money even without the engine. Although the engine is expensive as all get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I've actually got a 64 Corvair. It's the old rear engine Chevy mm-hmm. uh, that I built from the ground up. But I noticed that there apparently was a conversion back in the 70s where people would take a helicopter starter motor mm-hmm. and just it just kind of like fit onto the transaxle of a Corvair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of the Corvair. And so they <laughs> they just put this helicopter starter motor in the back where the engine would go and then they filled the front trunk with like regular old lead acid batteries mm-hmm. and they could go like 80 miles. <laughs> wow. So okay. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, so they're actually there's actually survivors of those out there. I would love yeah. to see that. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. You'll notice that when they open up the, the rear hood and there's just this, like, box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, so check it out. Night Trace gave us five bucks. He says, while Matt is a lawyer, he's not our lawyer. We got to pay if we want that to be different. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, – and, and do you have to do – Thanks, a le- Night Trace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. And do we have to do, like, a legal disclaimer or something here? No, that's lame. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Boom. Don't have to do it. Um, do you have? Do you know any lawyer jokes? Um. What do you call twelve lawyers at the bottom of a pond? A good start. There you go. <laughs> John had that one. John had that one. Uh, do you know any good lawyer jokes, John? I don't. I actually don't know any. Uh no, because every time I make fun of a lawyer, they sue me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I like I like lawyers. I have a, I have a lot of fun with lawyers when they help me sue the governor a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's a good thing. One of my things I would have liked to be uh, in my life uh, after being a comedian was a lawyer. I so mean, I think those are look, it, you can do good things, mm-hmm. um, it, but being in the system is is really it wears on you. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I love what I've been able to do. I'm glad that I was able to do it, but lawyers are mostly, I mean, just like with anything, right? I'm sure most dentists are like pretty unpleasant, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like everything. Yeah. Uh, John Doe most says. people who run podcasts. <laughs> okay. John Doe says, uh, $200 an hour, people. How many seconds do you want legal advice? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I I dated a lawyer, and uh, after one time, I'm like, why did you become a lawyer? And she's like, because I like making people cry under pressure. <laughs> I was like, okay. Awesome. Well. <laughs> Uh, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting, honest answer. Um, I can tell you the reason I became a lawyer was because when I was a kid, my mom always told me, you argue so much, you should uh, let somebody pay you to argue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kept going with that idea. And uh, I didn't realize along the way that I should have known that being a lawyer isn't actually about, um, well, at least the practice of law, isn't actually about making convincing arguments. It's just relying on the appeal to authority uh, fallacy to tell the judge that somebody else once argued something and that they were really super smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember one of my experiences with a lawyer. First of all, I've had some bad experiences with lawyers. Okay. Uh, one of them is that uh, I, I got like, uh, I don't know, some kind of, I think I got a speeding ticket in New York City, right? And my dad was like, oh, you got to get a lawyer. I was just going to go up there myself and deal with it. Usually in New York, you put it off and then, you know, you keep putting it off as much as you can. They put it off. You stretch the whole thing out. Then you go in there. You know, some people go in there and fall down and cry, do whatever. Maybe the judge feels sorry for them. But I was just going to go in there and whatever. So my dad insists, no, you got to hire a lawyer. You got to hire this guy. He was awesome. So I hired the guy. The guy showed up at the court before we went in. He goes, listen, you got to pay me first. Like when he came and I was going to ask him, I was like, well, how, how do you think this? He's like, no, you got to pay me. So then I paid the guy right. and, and then he's like, okay, let's go in. We go in, the, um, the judge and, the, and the, uh, the police officer were there, you know, they did their thing or whatever. And the judge goes, okay, so, you know, uh, defense, do you have anything to say? The lawyer goes, no. <laughs> the judge is like, okay, you're guilty. <laughs> pay this fine. I was so mad. The heck! I, I was. This is a, that's exactly how it went down. I'm not embellishing this. Okay. I thought, like, he literally had nothing. No, he has no challenge. He had no challenge to it. Just you know, my other lawyer thing is I was in a car accident uh, with my girlfriend, my sister, and uh, where someone like T-boned my car and just like. I mean, completely, it was totaled, and my uh, my sister and even my girlfriend were, like, knocked out. My sister was in, like, a, a coma for, I don't know, like, at least a couple of days or something. Like, it was weird. Anyway, so we go through this whole thing, you know, we sue and all that kind of stuff. You know what? The lawyer stole the money. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So, Did you know I, that? <laughs> yeah, it became a whole thing, and there was supposed to be, like eventually the government tracked the lawyer down and all that kind of stuff and there's supposed to be like a fund somewhere but it's always been too much of a pain to to like try to get that money back out of that fund that was just like yeah because you'd have to you'd have to hire another lawyer <laughs> yeah so yeah you know um, his name is Saul Goodman mm-hmm. uh is that from Better Call Saul <laughs> yeah 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 uh it was one of those experiences also in New York yeah the lawyers in New York, man, they're pretty terrible. Well, yeah. I live in the area with the most lawyers in the country. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you got any bad lawyer I mean, stories? Uh, no, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are lawyers because mm-hmm. I guess the area I live in, like mm-hmm. most of my neighbors are lawyers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've helped me out a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they've helped me out for free, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. Like most lawyers are, there's bad lawyers, but most mm-hmm. lawyers are in it for the right reasons, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah. We're not trying to say anything about you, Matt. 
You're, you're, yeah, no, you're, I know I'm in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the Everytown yeah. people made that very clear to me. That oh, right. Not a nice man. <laughs> oh, I'm sure those guys love you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? T- to be honest with you, my policy of just being super, super aggressively friendly with mm-hmm. them has worked out pretty well. And um, I, I kind of make them confused sometimes. <laughs> Do they ever think you're on their side accidentally? You know, they. Yeah. Uh, or do they ever go, hey, wh- why are you over here fighting for these guys? <laughs> um, it, I mean, there, there have been points where I've definitely, like, because I'll find a point of agreement. And I'll be like, yeah, no, and so, it, like, X is Y, right? And, oh, yeah, and so then, so then, right? And then we're going, and then it'll be like, and that's why machine guns should be legal. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. they'll just be like. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is from C CN Arsenal. Uh, he says, I'm waiting for the part in the podcast where the family comes home and finds John in their daughter's bedroom. (laughs) 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 He has like a whole thing. He's like, who are you? (laughs) And then he, and then I guess this is John's response. Your Wi-Fi is unsecured. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. John, John has no comment on this. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I can tell them why I'm in this room and make everyone feel really bad. <laughs> no. Happy time. Yeah. So let's see here. I'm no. looking. Uh, so, this, but to go back to the original question, who has some uh, legal or, nope, not legal advice? How are we supposed to pose this, Matt? How should we? I don't know. Theoretical questions or questions yeah. about. Laws or gun policies. Stuff there you like go. That. Who's got some theoretical questions that don't have to do with uh, sea shanties? <laughs> yeah. Or with applying the law to your particular situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got a question. Okay. Whenever somebody uh, on YouTube talks about like a legal thing, they always say, I'm not a lawyer. You know, I'm not giving you legal advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really necessary for them to say, I'm, well, you're a lawyer, so. But like a regular person who's talking about something going on legally, you know, they always you always hear them say, "I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm not a." Yeah, I think it might be because they hear uh, lawyers say that so much. Yeah. Um, because like, so I'm of two minds about that. It's one, so lawyers say that because we're like required to say that. Um, and then we're also, but it's also not magic words. I can't just say this is not legal advice and then give you legal advice. Like I'm still on the hook for that. Mm -hmm. But I think people see that so much that they like decide to like say it too. But also, you know, it might just be people wanting to be like sincere and saying like, you know, a lot of these guys, they've got big followings and they take all of their word at gospel. So, you know, it might be worth it to just remind their followers or the viewers that like, Hey, this is just my opinion, you know, and um, you know, I think it can be a, I think it can be a good thing. Like I start out every one of my videos um, with that. Uh, just especially when you're talking authoritatively on something, you have to remind people that this is your opinion. Yeah, um, I try to remind people that this is just purely comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just purely comedy. Um, well, this whole universe is just a comedy at this point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One big massive joke. Um, it's the same thing of people saying allegedly. Remember, you know, like allegedly now it's Tourette. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
They broke that word. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone thinks that's going to protect... Oh, allegedly. Yeah. So, um, let's see what uh, what other ones... If I'm trying to check through this and see if anyone has anything here. What do you think... What do you think of the things... So, we talked about HR 127. Okay. What do you think are the bills and stuff like that out there or the things that we really need to pay attention to from your point of view that you really dig deep into these kinds of things? So, Okay, so I think there's, there's really two main ones. That there's, there's other ones too, but anything that seems reasonable to like a middle-of-the-road type of person. Mm-hmm. So the things that I think that we actually got to go nuts about talking to our people about, mm-hmm. red flag laws, mm-hmm. right, some kind of national red flag Absolutely. thing, and mm-hmm. universal background checks. Mm-hmm. Those, I mean, like, honestly, I'm going to be surprised if they don't try to, like, smash those right into our noses. Okay. Yeah, I also think 3D printing is going to be another big one. I disagree um, because they're obsessed with 80 percenters right now, and I don't even think that, the, like, the um, the congressional hive comprehends that you can make firearm receivers with 0% of the material. So I think that what I think is going to happen is I think that they're going to push really hard on the definition of firearm to get it into include a lot of 80% that already exist um, and then go, see, we fixed it. We already know that. Yeah. yeah. We already know that's going to happen. Uh, it, uh, I read a story a while ago where the Biden transition team at, uh, I spoke with uh, Regina Lombardo and uh, Marvin Richardson of the ATF and their two top priorities was bump stocks and 80%. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do something uh, about eighty percent, and then say, "Look, we did it," and then not hear much for three D printing. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go after let's go after those uh, couple of things, right? Um, let's start with uh, the red flag laws. What are we gonna be able to do about that? I mean, is the Supreme Court really taking any of these things seriously? Do we have any challenges that have gone up to that? Is there any way to, that we can really combat what's going on? With the red flag laws the problem with red flag laws is that you need a good you need a good plaintiff that has been negatively affected that has actually had this enforced against them and it has to be like totally off the wall but the problem is mm-hmm. with red flag laws if you get that plaintiff and you bring that case what's the state going to do? They're going to go, oh, oops, and just withdraw it, right? And mm-hmm. be like, oh, look, it's moot. Ha-ha. <laughs> like the John Carpenter thing. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you know John Carpenter. Uh, Hank brought brought the story to me, and I wrote a bunch of stories, and they finally dropped it. Uh, John Carpenter was a guy who they red flagged, and he You're breaking up a little bit, John. I said John Carpenter. You remember that, Hank? The guy that got yeah. the flag name was a guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, it was a complete mistaken identity uh, situation. Well, his I mean, it's a common name, right? Probably like John right. Smith or something like that, yeah. Um, so, so they just like did a search for John Carpenter with uh, concealed handgun permits and found this dude. It had nothing to do with the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and none of these things have a provision for you to, if someone uses this as a weapon against you, there's nothing to get your guns back, to fight, to, you know. Um, I mean, do you, do you see, as a lawyer, do you see that in the future, the, the, um, 
there's going to be people not only challenging to overturn these, but then fighting to get some kind of uh, uh, reparations or, you know, some kind of payback from someone making them have to get lawyers and fight all of this and to get their guns back and get their name cleared. Well, I mean, it's an unbelievable Fourth Amendment violation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, so the, the thing is the, the dog and pony show is going to be just mooting cases that are good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the question is how long is that going to go on for? Um, then, you know, we've got red flag laws in Florida and there's only two counties that are writing all of them, which is a little interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but regardless, yeah, no, I mean like we're looking for those cases, we're looking for those situations, but they're playing this game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, there are ways around that, right? Like if, once they do it for long enough, then the court will finally say, all right, I see what you're doing. <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to make them continue to have standees and this lawsuit's going to go forward. But I mean, the, I think if you were going to write a red flag law, and this is not what any of them are, there are some that have come kind of close to like having actual due process. I think what it would need to have is you actually notify the person before you do anything. There is no ex parte stuff. There is a full-on due process hearing where the state has to provide you with a lawyer, right? Because um, mm-hmm. some of them, I think it might be Colorado, you have a hearing, but you don't necessarily get a lawyer. Um, but I, you know, it's been a long time since I've read this stuff. I wrote a policy brief for FPC. You guys can check it out under the policy section. I, I covered all of my thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, you'd need actual due process ahead of time. You'd need an actual hearing adversarial where you get to confront, you know, your accuser, get to confront the evidence against you um, with a evidentiary standard. Cause right now it's basically if the judge like thinks it's kind of maybe that you could be a danger, they grant it. No, it mm-hmm. has, it should be beyond reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because what so, are you proving yeah. guilty of? What did you do? What was the crime? Being you a little edgy. Yeah. Making an internet post. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was not, too nice some song lyrics anyway yeah uh, but no it's it so i think if they did that mm-hmm. then the law might actually pass constitutional muster as long as they didn't you know whenever they were granted immediately send a tank to like run down your house or something like that but the thing is none of the laws are like that because they don't actually care about due process mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i don't think i think if they do a federal one one i think it's stupid it's, it's utterly idiotic because these things belong in state courts. They don't, eh. mm-hmm. um, the feds might try to set up a thing to incentivize the states to do it, you know, which then the states always just do. Um, but yeah, no, that's my thing about red flag laws. But I think the one that's much more dangerous, um, well, no, they're, I mean, they're all massively dangerous, but the one that's much more dangerous is the universal background checks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you agree with the universal background checks, Sean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the things that they want to get through so bad. Uh, that's one of their like wet dreams they've been having since like the whole entire Brady thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have wanted universal background checks. They haven't been able to get it through. And right now they're sensing that they're, they are closer than ever. And they, they probably are closer than, than ever to getting mm-hmm. it through. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to push back so hard on those. And, and, we will see a bill coming through that's just universal background checks soon, I believe. That's just universal. Without, federal, yeah, federal. That'll universal, be the dangerous one. Yeah, federal universal background checks. How does that square out? You were just talking about the states and everything. How does that? Because uh, so, in other words, they want to do what they call "quote unquote" close the 
the, uh, the gun, gun show. show loophole. Yeah. So <laughs> how does that uh, work out if you go state, you know, state to state, if they, if they try to uh, put something like that through on the federal level? Well, the, they would actually have to uh, either, um, if they're single point of the single point of contact, they uh, they would require more private sales to use that. Mm-hmm. Or if they're just yeah. uh, you know states, they would require those states to go there. Uh, they would make the states enforce the law. It would be enforced. Uh, it would be enforced on the federal level, of course. But uh, yeah, it would be, you know. The, the federal law trumps state law, so yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think about all that, Matt? Um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, the so what would what the feds would do to get this through would just be uh, ignore the Constitution and ignore the limitation that they're you know ignore even their extreme interpretations of the limitations on government power, which requiring interstate character. If I make nah, a gun, they've in never Florida, done that. Yeah, no, they've never done that. But like, if I make a gun in Florida, because right now the Gun Control Act it specifies right interstate commerce. I make a gun in Florida. There's tons of guns made in Florida. I go over to your house and I go check it out, and I put it on the table and slide it over and I say mm-hmm. it's yours. Mm-hmm. The feds have to assert some level of power over some point of that transaction, and. If you read the Constitution, there isn't one. I mean, they've been pretending there is one, but this would be the most extreme in the gun control context way of them stepping into that is basically saying that they it's them saying we have jurisdiction over transactions that happen inside of one state and never, ever left it. I mean, that's wrong. That might be a way for us to finally fix the Commerce Clause and, and, and fix that. I don't know. Um, depends on on how much, you know, testicular fortitude the the court has right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but so yeah it would just be them straight up ignoring the constitution and telling the state um it will just like what john said any time a firearm trans you know transfers hands it must go through one of our special anointed people with the little blue piece of paper Mm -hmm. which then raises costs for poor people because uh there's nothing the uh the same party that that often tries to push gun control um you know, loves more than poor people, right? So let's definitely raise costs for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what I think they would do is try to say, hey, well, you know, that piece of steel or that piece of aluminum or the piece of plastic was came into the state. So therefore, it's mm-hmm. interstate commerce. They would try to do something weaselly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the herpes theory of interstate commerce where once you get it, you can't get rid of it and it goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you um do exactly? You, what do you think the chances of the Supreme Court taking up anything that's Second Amendment related? As someone who follows the law, I think it's up there. I think it's. I think they know they're overdue. I think they feel pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, they're not going to want to. They'd much rather a lower court send them a softball for them to just go, "Yep, click," than um, have to overturn a lower court decision. That's what I kind of think. Of course, I have no evidence to say that because the Supreme Court is a black box. People Mm -hmm. who tell you that they know what they're going to do are lying. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's my thought is like if something came in, right, was fought out in our circuit or the Fifth Circuit, like Texas, you know, stuff like that, and they got a good decision and then the government appealed it, the Supreme Court 
Well, it's kind of a challenge because the government might just not appeal it and try to just do it somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, in D.C. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, D.C. or the Second Circuit. No, what I'm saying in D.C., the, you know, when they became shell issue, right. they chose yeah. not to not to appeal that decision because oh they didn't God. want it to have effect on the whole country. Right. And isn't that like how messed up is that? That's one of my favorite um, gun contr- gun law stories is that like D.C.'s um, I don't know if they call it an attorney general for them or not. It's a weird like quasi state thing. But he was like, no, I'm not going to appeal this. And it's like, well, why? Because then it might affect the gun laws in other states. That's not your job. <laughs> You're supposed to defend your law. Well, it also shows collusion. <laughs> yeah, right? It's a, right? That's a mess. Oh, my God. Oh, we've had so much collusion. Remember mm-hmm. the whole thing in New York? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, the God. New York Pistol Rifle Association. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a treat. Yeah. How dirty can you be, right? Like, do these people wake up in the morning and, like, go to their secret backdoor meetings where, like, nobody supports it or knows anything about it and then leave and go, ah. Did some good work today, you know. Well, I, look at this. I, I talked to uh, like a guy, Levine, out of Virginia, the Democrat. He proposed gun control bills, a gun control bill, and I was like, "Who wrote this bill?" And he's like, "I did." I was like, "Well, so you wrote every word of it?" Yes. Like, well, like a year ago, it was proposed the same exact wording, same exact yeah <laughs> paragraphs. And a year after before that, it was the same exact wording and the same exact order in this state. And he was like, well, I don't know. Maybe just we just all think alike. Plagiarism. Yeah. Yeah. There is an illusion going on. There always is. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, there's a big, well-funded organization out there. Uh, writing all these things, and uh, I, I believe they have some firearms experts on their side. Experts. Whatever they're doing, I think they're. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I like think... when they specifically named the FAMAS in assault weapons ban. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I believe they've. Uh, you know what? They probably do have some people. I don't know if John is gonna. Well, I, I, I. And you're freezing. A uh, couple. Sorry. Yeah. Difference have a couple former ATF uh, agents on the payroll. I'm sure the other ones do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, what I, do they know? <laughs> you True. know, it's not what you know; it's what you pretend to know these days. Um, <laughs> what do you think? What's one of the things? Like, if you had to guess, what law out there, or or uh, what? situation that's going on out there would be the the first two-way situation that the supreme court would take up if you had to guess what would you what do you think sounds and and i'm saying all of this knowing that we thought we had them in so many different places right like with what was going on with new york and all that and every time we think we have them they're behind the scenes the illuminati is constantly you know, uh, counteracting whatever we think we're up to. So, what what do you? Okay, so like on a federal level, like a, on a if if like a federal law that the Supreme Court would actually overtake, or one of the state laws that the Supreme Court would actually take. Um, let's go for both. Let's start with the federal. Okay, 
So, like, thinking about what could actually pass and and what could actually go through, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not including Mm -hmm. 127. I'm just not including that right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking in terms of universal background checks, in terms of red flag laws. I think if there is a total ban on private transfers, like, Mm -hmm. gone, Mm -hmm. right? I think they'd take that. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Because they could decide it on so many different levels. And they could like just put a little sprinkle of Second Amendment, a little sprinkle of this, a little sprinkle of that. And they love doing that. They love because then you don't get anything out of it, right? It's like a the ticket's good for that right only. Okay. So, so you yeah, think I that's think, good middle of the line enough for them that they will pick something like that, you're saying? Yeah, I think okay. it's somewhere that they can announce. Because what the Supreme Court wants to do, remember, mm-hmm. they have not actually announced a standard for evaluating Second Amendment cases. Mm-hmm. So they want to find a case where the Second Amendment right like where the Second Amendment thing is narrow, it's a very narrow thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, universal background checks is broader than what they actually want to do. I mean, the New York State Rifle and Pistol case was perfect for them to come in and announce the standard. And then, of course, look what happened. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be looking for that type of situation, something hyper narrow mm-hmm. that they can just be like, obviously it's this. And how we got here, here's the standard. And I think the standard could come out pretty good right now. As far as state level stuff, um, I mean, it's the same thing. They want to have that narrow case because they want to yeah. write the standard, and then they want to let all the circuits go and interpret it and and come back with something because they don't like doing work. Yeah, seems like just shifting it, John. Yeah, <laughs> lots of shifting yeah. going on for people who are elected for life and yeah. and have a lot of power, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of the. A lot of the Supreme Court cases, they don't like overturning lower courts' decisions. Mm-hmm. They also have recently taken – well, recently is in the past like four or five decades – taken this like uh, – I almost just swore in a bad way um, – this very stupid view of uh, of the court's role where they're like, well, we don't want to interfere with people in the legislature. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Mm-hmm. That's like your only job. If people voted to, like, ban talking, it would certainly be your job to interfere with the legislature. And um, that's something that really happens in the gun context where they're just like, they don't want to interfere, and so, but it's our job. And so, so they look for this little tiny thing that they can go, no, you can't do that, and here's why. Underlings, go apply it to everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that Atomic Bowles um, says uh, the Supreme Court isn't taking any cases until after the left packs it. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things out there about court packing, right? Um, well, remember, you only need four votes to hear a case, and we, we probably have a 5-4. To, uh, okay. Make them. Do you think that these guys, do you think the other side's really trying to, you know, pack the courts? What do you guys yes. think about this? Yes? Okay. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And, it, and it, also, it depends on who you're talking about. There's some people that want to do it more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So how soon do you think we could see that, or is this something that comes back again to the filibuster? It, it certainly does. Certainly yeah. does. Uh, and like, the, here's the interesting thing. So like, changing the composition of the Supreme Court is a legitimate power. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those like extreme civil war tier powers that you never use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, so it's it's hard. Like, you know, th- there's nothing explicitly extra constitutional about adding justices to the court but mm-hmm. there's supposed to be a reason why like you know when we did it the first time there was kind of a reason why mm-hmm. um now 
Roosevelt uh, tried it, but he didn't get it through. Yeah, well, then that's why we have the National Firearms Act is because they suddenly changed their minds and started behaving so that they could save the court. A lot of good that did us. Mm-hmm. But it would I guess it would have been even worse if Roosevelt had packed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, but once you – so once you go down this road, right, the, you have to live with what you create out of that, right? So it's the same mm-hmm. thing with the whole idea of the filibuster. Once you go down this road, you have to live with it. So you got to live with the filibuster. It's it, it, You might create it and it works for you, but then when things switch over to the other side, it doesn't work for you anymore. Same thing with packing the court. You might go, oh, we'll pack the court to get our way right now. Then can't things flip the other way and then someone else packs the court? Or do you right. think things – do you guys think things will never flip back the other way? That from now on we're always going to have liberals, Democrats, uh, socialists, fascists, however you want to put it, uh, in the White House of running politics? Just remember the hubris of these people. Mm-hmm. Right. John, you open your mouth. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say they're they're gonna definitely try to make it harder. Uh, like if they get rid of the filibuster, then they're probably gonna try to make DC and Puerto Rico states to make it harder to have a true like a Republican rep, rep, representing uh, in the Senate at least, uh, because they're gonna try to add people. Then they're gonna try to pack the court. So it's gonna be harder. I wouldn't say that it would it would be never because you know uh, politics kind of runs like in like a sickle for old fact fashion mm-hmm. but they would definitely try to make it harder for a uh, conservative majority right and i think them uh you know these lizards who would want to pack the court you know they don't care about what's going to happen in 40 years right they're just going to put a bunch of i literally would not be surprised if they put a bunch of like 29 year olds on the supreme court that were just hyper progressive and we're like haha <laughs> And then who cares what happens next? Mm-hmm. I'll be dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that we actually, like, uh, with this whole two-party system, do you think there's really any difference between the parties? Any marked difference between them? Um, I, I would say yes or no. Yes and no. Um, they're, they're, they are a lot more similar than a lot of people think but there is definitely a difference in a lot of the policies uh i would definitely would like to have a republican majority especially when it comes to gun rights than a democratic majority when it comes to gun rights but the two parties are more similar than what a lot of people think mm-hmm. okay what do you so, think and then that? there's there, Sorry. Um, then there's the ideological split, right? So there's ju- there's the political party split, which means less and less and less every year. Um, the ideological split goes across both. And what I think that really is, is there's some people in this country who form their policies based off of a belief that the human being is born into this world pure and is then corrupted by society, Right. Then there's the other side, which is the human being is born into this world with a certain set of advantages and disadvantages. Basically, he is dealt a hand of cards, and it is on that human to play that hand the best he can. And some people can play well, some people can play poorly, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately – basically, so on this version, the locus of control is with the individual, and on this version, the locus of control is on society. 
Um, so I think that th those are the two main brain states. Um, and, you know, that plus whatever your personal feelings are on, you know, all of the major social issues put you on the two-dimensional political spectrum, right? Left, right, up, down. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that the parties are... I think there's slightly more people on this camp, right, of the individual control that are on that are right of the political center, and slightly more of this left of the political center. Um, but it's more of like a scatter plot than a than a line graph, if you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to. Sorry for a boring answer. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's too deep. <laughs> You're making me have to think about too many things there. Um, yeah, ultimately, so uh, my question that I was thinking is, what do you guys, and I think I asked this in a different way before, but what do you, what do you guys think? You're some smart guys, right? I've got some smart guys in front of me. I'm a dumbass. Uh, I'm I, I, yeah, I, I doubt it. I don't think so. So what do you think people should be focusing on? That's my question. You know, I think a lot of times when I'm looking at things and things that are happening, I think there's things that people are focusing on because there's folks out there on on our side, right? Like even, you know, most of us are, are not paying attention to traditional media anymore, okay? But one of the things about this kind of media is it's kind of like it, it's what bleeds leads type of situation, right? It's even more extreme because if we're having nerdy conversations that get too deep for people and it's not entertaining enough or it doesn't grab the headlines and makes and then shake the living crap out of someone and make them think the world is coming to an end tomorrow, then they don't, you know, you don't get enough numbers or whatever it is, right? And so sometimes that controls what people are looking at. So what I'm, what I'm asking you guys here is what should we actually be looking at and paying attention to? What is really actually an important thing and something to worry about? I would say that Matt and I both can agree on this, and that's saving the filibuster. And I think that uh, we need to hit up like people like Joe Manchin and stuff and make sure that he does keep his promise to protect the filibuster. But yeah, that's the most important thing out there is the filibuster right now. With if that falls, then we're all in trouble. Yeah, filibuster. Matt, do you agree with that? I agree. That's really important in the short term. But you know, this is this is my um, thing that I'm always on. The single most important thing for all of us to do to win in the long term is to communicate how we feel about gun rights rationally. And also with emotion to other people who might be on this on the on the fence, right? Because mm -hmm. they can be one. And there are very good emotional arguments on the other side, mm -hmm. but we have better emotional arguments. And if we can rationally communicate those and show people how we feel, and then on top of that, after we've done that, display ourselves using firearms and enjoying firearms in a safe way that shows us having fun and is relatable because look i mean if you go by and you see somebody like playing a game and, and everyone's laughing and having a good time you get that instinct in your stomach where you're like that's cool can i can yeah. i come like you know mm -hmm. you feel that way mm -hmm. but if you're like scowling and doing that thing you know a lot of the guys do um and yelling at people who want to get into it you're you're hurting the cause so i think that the most important thing Talk about why you feel these laws are wrong. Use emotional examples, mm -hmm. right, that are that are convincing. And two, 
be generally likable and relatable and and when you are seen being around firearms be seen enjoying yourself i think that if we do those things we will win in the end i think so you think okay what do you say to that john yeah, I heard that. Uh, get off the bench, basically. That's another thing I have to say mm-hmm. is get off the bench, make calls, send emails, uh, be vocal. Let your representatives know where you stand um, mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, do you think there's maybe too many people just get insatiated from, you know, uh, <laughs> looking at stuff like this? And then it's like, hey, I looked at this stuff or, you know, I got out here and I shared a whole bunch of these things. And so that's me fighting or, you know, and, and then people people just pacified by that. And then they're mm. not actually going out there because I seem to see the, the social media reaction to these things. And that's big. But right. then necessarily you don't see that translating into on the streets. Right. It definitely right. didn't translate in Georgia, for example. On, on, well, I think know. I think a lot of it is a lot of people are stuck in like an echo chamber, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. not actually reaching out to the other side. Okay. And I think that is a big problem that we have to exit our echo chamber. That's why when people say, "Oh, we should all leave Facebook, we should all leave Twitter and stuff like that," mm-hmm. I I say, "Yeah, we should have our own platforms, but we have to stay with." Mm-hmm. in the public square mm-hmm. because if we all go move to parlor or whatever mm-hmm. and the only people over there are people that agree with us we're not going to be able to share our opinions with people mm-hmm. who don't agree with us or people on the fence because they're going to be on the bigger platforms so we have to stay in the public square and we have to and we have to realize that we are we all in a little bit, but we have to make efforts to reach out beyond our echo chambers. Okay, uh, forty two chill says rights and self defense should not be partisan. More so in twenty twenty and beyond. So how do we actually get out there and talk to the people who are not already just like us? Like what what's the immediate things that we could do to do that to facilitate that? <laughs> Unfortunately, they banned going to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, look, a sense of community is really missing in this country. And people are – that's why people are becoming more ionized uh, online. Mm-hmm. We really need to um, – I don't know. We need to rebuild our communities and just get invested with our friends and our neighbors and, and share with them what's important to us. Because, frankly, most of the people who will have vaguely anti-gun views will not feel very strongly about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they've never had somebody speak to them in a compelling way, in in an understandable way. Um, So I don't know, build your community, interact with your neighbors um, and and just be a a good citizen. And I think that um, doing that is pretty much all you can do. Yeah. Get rid of the sense of isolation that everyone has. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that's the thing. I think everyone in the last year, you've seen more people get isolated and then, uh, and then when you're cut off, what do you do? So let's say, let's say you you feel whether it's uh, manufactured or actual. Let's say you feel that you're cut off and there's an emergency going on in the country. Then you turn to the news media, right? Which they've been mm-hmm. slipping for a long time. And then whatever they tell you, you believe that's what's happening. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, I do a lot of uh, journalism, as you know, and I was having a conversation with a pretty big journalist who's left wing. They consider themselves to be fair. I think they are more fair than a lot of left wing journalists out there, a lot of big name left wing journalists. But we were having this conversation. We were having a conversation, and he was saying that, "Hey, you know, you have to point the people to the right side of an issue, or the rightish side of the issue." And I'm like, "Well, who gets to decide that?" He goes, "Well." And that's I, what, which side is right. Yeah, say like, that again. We missed like, it. You, <laughs> you froze after you said well, who gets to decide that. Well, he said, well, that's our job as journalists mm-hmm. is to let the public know who is right. And I'm like, that's I not. I think that's a misinterpretation. <laughs> that's <not. laughs> yeah. Our job is to inform the public and let them make their own minds up. Right. And this uh, was a big name left wing guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what they think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these journos aren't even like. Like, I'm seeing them try to dox people in the, like, 3D printing community and stuff like that. It's like, what are you even? Like, what is, what are you? You're not a journalist. You're, like, some private, like, CIA thing, mm-hmm. you know? Just just uh, gathering information and doxing people mm-hmm. for no... Uh, it's, it's just fascinating how everything has... I, I think we can probably tie a lot of it to the death of the community in this country because mm-hmm. um, people need to feel a sense of inclusion and a sense of value and a sense so of responsibility uh, over mm-hmm. the community as well. Instead of like a, a sense of abdication of responsibility right. to other people like the police or to your mayor or governors or the president or, or congressman or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that's the thing that's happening. Listen, we're 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 over the nine o'clock hour, so I probably do need to uh, to cut this short here. I think we I think we're just getting to a boil, but um, but you know um, we I'll be happy to have you come back on here, Matt. Oh, I'd love to, yeah. uh, uh, John. It was great to meet you here. Yeah, good to meet you too. Yeah, yeah I'd I, love to come back. I hope you guys connect with each other and uh, do some things after this. Let me do this. Let me go to. I'll start with John. How can the folks out there who are watching this, if they want to keep up with you, I know right now you have family-related stuff going on, but if they want to follow the other stuff that you're up to, how can they do that? Uh, Crumpy.com is my website. You can read my stuff at uh, MLN.com as well. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Follow mm-hmm. a little YouTube channel. You can follow me over there. But, yeah, that, that's about it. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot for coming on, John. Okay, Matt LaRossier. <laughs> is that is that uh is it French Italian? What is that? It's French. French. There you go. What does it mean? Do you know? Uh, it's the Rose Garden. The Rose Garden. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. How can the folks out there keep in touch with you? Follow you? Communicate with you? Uh, hire you on? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So I run a show on YouTube, Fudbusters. It's where we talk about two A myths and misinformation, and uh, basically like a gun law one one thing, current events too. So check that out. It's Fud Busters, uh, you know F U D D Busters, and then my personal Twitter is Matt Law at Law. That's M A T T L A A T L A W, and Fud Busters is Fud Busters on all of the all of your favorite social medias. I'd love to hear from any of you guys about ideas, stuff to cover, um, or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks so much to both of these guys and Roy Hill from Brownells for coming on. Uh, on my part, if you guys want to help out what we're doing here, you can go to Hank Strange or 
Or, you know, if you're into some car stuff, I'll just show this real briefly. You can go to uh, Stranger Palooza and subscribe to the channel there. And we'll be, you know, I've got a whole bunch of cars, car related content up there. We'll have more stuff coming and we're, we're going to be getting into mini bikes, all of that stuff. So you guys can go over there and check out all the shenanigans that we get, that we get up to that's uh, not directly gun related. Um, Been hanging out with Walter a little bit with the mini bikes. Yeah, Walter. Mm. Yeah, Walter does the mini bikes. He does the mil military vehicle thing. I've got uh, some other car stuff that's going up there. We didn't get to go to uh, SEMA show obviously last year. All of that stuff got canceled. But uh, you know, as there's shows coming up that we can get to, we will get out and uh, and cover those for you guys. Uh, let me roll in the uh, let me roll in the end right now. And we'll be right back for the final word coming up right now. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We're going to rip the audio out from this and throw it up on iTunes and all the other places you get your audio podcasts from. Um, if you're listening uh, to this on audio, please uh, leave us a review or something like that or share with the folks out there. We're international. We're international now. Tens of people all over the world are listening <laughs> to this. And we appreciate every single one of you. Um, uh, the Jew says, Hank needs to combine his love of guns and cars by creating a driving shooting range. Oh, that'll be a ridiculously amazing. I think Matt can do this. I think I think he has all the skills to do this. Len Holt says, good show. Thanks for the hard work, everyone. Stay safe. There you go. Richard Maunder says, candy van life. Uh, down the barrel shouting you out, John. Shout out to Down the Barrel. Hopefully we'll get him yeah, on here I've soon. Talk, I've been talking to him uh, for a little bit today. Okay, so. cool, cool. Thank you for him for reaching out. It meant a lot. Awesome. Um, and so, who should we go to for the last word? Uh, let's let's go to let's go to Matt. Matt, hit us with uh, some words of wisdom. Anything more than minimum compliance is self-regulation. All right. There's one to chew on. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out. Big thanks to Barnules, by the way, in case I forgot that. Shout out to Barnules. Uh, performance steel case ammunition. We're out. Peace.